Welcome to another episode of Careless Whisper, the podcast where, before you know it, you'll be on your knees. <laughs> Ooh. I am one of the, the intrepid hosts of this podcast, Gary. I am uh, another intrepid adventurer, Jeremy. Oh. And uh, what lands, uh, mystical, faraway, unknown lands are we venturing into uh, today to continue your metaphor? I think it's not in... 80s London, is it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would be. It would, it far off mystical wastes of London. London, in England. The 1980s. What's that I hear? That's Jack the Ripper claiming another victim down this. Oh, wait, that's, I've gone too far. No, that's the 1880s. 1880s. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, let's skip ahead. Skip ahead to, to 1984 with Philip Bailey, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. When they're recording. The classic. Classic duet. Easy Lover. Lover. Whoa there, Easy Lover. She'll get a hold on you, believe it. Believe it. She's like no other. In a moment, you'll be on your knees. You can hear it in our voices, dear listener. <laughs> we're excited about this one. Yeah. We're back. We've shaken off the cobwebs. We yep. are, we're, we're in full flight on this one. We're, we're steaming full full steam ahead. Uh, just, uh, just ready to serve you a double helping of philip right now yeah d- double when the one fill just isn't enough <laughs> you can upside would you like to upsize your fill trust me by by the end of this episode you'll definitely get your fill <laughs> so, that's a guarantee that's it's, a callous whisper guarantee it's a <laughs> double mcphill burger with a side of Spice. Oh, oh dear, we, we've kind of lost control. Yeah, we've this. Lost. <laughs> we're talking about Easy Lover, Philip Bailey, Phil Collins. That's um, right. Philip Bailey, Bailey, we talked a little bit about before in our uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire September episode. Um, very distinctive falsetto vocals. Yeah, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about uh, later. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Phil Collins, who I'm really excited to finally get on this podcast. Yeah, I um, mean, we kind of touched on Phil Collins a little bit. Uh, that was an invisible touch, though. It was so... an invisible touch. That's right. You might as well just finish the podcast there, because it's not going to get much better than that. I've been Gary. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to top that. We're joke, not going to top we? that. So... You can just turn off now. Yeah, you might uh, as well leave. <laughs> uh, we we kind of touched on, invisible touched on uh, Phil Collins in the... Uh, Sledgehammer episode. Well, I was going to bring we were that talking up. Talking about Genesis, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing a, a sort of a solo episode on Phil Collins. So, yeah. like like uh, all of our duets, uh, mm. we're not going to go too delving too deep because um, you never know what's going to pop up in later series. Needless to say, Phil Collins um, took over in uh, Genesis from Peter Gabriel, mm. uh, as we spoke about in. Uh, the Sledgehammer episode, and then just had a bloody cracking solo career after that, didn't he? He man, so so many iconic songs yeah, came yeah. out of that career. And to be honest, I think Phil Collins really. When you mention the idea of this podcast, yes, he is the artist that I thought of first. I I I, I think I remember you saying and something I have along a those lines. Genuine love for Phil Collins. I think he's a fantastic musician. I've covered Phil Collins songs in bands I've been in. Yeah. I think he's an amazing singer, and I'm really excited. <laughs> 
Where when you covered Phil Collins songs, yeah. uh, were you wearing a jacket? Well, no, obviously. What, what, There's what no jacket it? required. Oh yeah. right, okay, of course. But please, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Look, I think before we go but any further... I'd, I'd like to think, like, I don't know why he's in, like, a small European nation, like <laughs> Phil Collins. Like, I feel like I talk to people... I say I genuinely love Phil Collins. Sure. And I feel like a lot of people kind of... I don't know if they're afraid to admit they like Phil Collins or they like Phil Collins ironically, you know what I mean? Mm. But the one guy, I just pictured that he's in, like, a yurt somewhere that genuinely on the steps of Mongolia that genuinely loves <laughs> Phil Collins that hears this podcast yes. that just got those two gags and just went, spat out his goat's milk and just went, this is some good content. You know what I mean? No jacket required, but jacking it required over those jokes. <laughs> you, know, you know, we are very popular in the yurt community. In the in the, in the the yurt community. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. thanks, Vladimir, once again for that one. <laughs> Jeez, he's been cool to us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think before we go any further, we've got two fills here. I think we need two nicknames. Uh, <laughs> we, like, we we already used Philby for Phil Oakley in the in the "Don't You Want Me uh, Baby" episode. L- look, I think Phil. I, Cl- I was thinking like Phil Squared. Phil Squared, that's good. That, but that's them as a as, couple. as a team. We we need separate names. Look, Phil Collins. I'm thinking the Colander. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Because he's so steamy, you know. And Philip Bailey. I'm thinking the Bailey Week. The Bailey Week. <laughs> what do you reckon? I like it. The Colander and Bailey Week. Again. Again. Morning sounding zoo, like a breakfast morning radio. breakfast radio. <laughs> Get ready for the Colander and the Bailey Week. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's just fucking crack into the song, shall Man, we? I love this song. Uh. Written by uh, the Bailiwick, uh, the Colander, and a guy named Nathan East. Nathan East, the bass player, the bass player, who has been been in so much, uh, been in so much stuff, been on so much stuff, played yes. with so many people. Barry White, uh, Al Jarreau, Kenny Loggins, Eric Clapton, Herbie Hancock. Um, he was on um, what was that last Daft Punk record with uh, Nile Rodgers? Oh, uh, he, uh, that record that sort of blew up. He's right. bloody played with everyone. Man, he's all over it. Monster player. What a career. Monster player. This was for one of Phil Bailey's, uh, sorry. Uh, the Bailiwick. The Bailiwick's uh, solo <laughs> records. It's, it was for his first solo record, actually. Oh, outside of Earth, Wind and Fire. It was called uh, Chinese Wall. Uh, I, I've got a few theories about that, okay. that name. Uh, <laughs> Much like uh, Chinese, Chinese democracy. So a little bit. So you know Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How they're all about all different kind of mythologies and ideologies. I think that was one of the more together. interesting episodes. Yeah. In that like I just love how that band is about positive vibes and good times. Totally, yeah. totally. I'm all about that. But there's, there's, the there's also that kind of Eastern mysticism yeah. mixed in with like Western philosophies. Yeah, and yeah. Just a little bit of a smattering of everything. Astrology, yeah. like a little bit of everything. But it, it always comes across to me whenever they're talking about it in interviews or anything like that, that someone told them about these things and so that they kind of they have like a 
sort of cursory knowledge yeah, yeah, of yeah, these yeah, things, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're all about it. So they were at a party and it was like, yeah, this guy was telling me about the pyramids and, uh, you know, and so I wrote this song about the pyramids. So I think Chinese Wall, I think the bailiwick, he didn't know anything about the Great Wall of China. No. And someone said that there's this wall in China that you can see from the wall, from the moon. And he didn't know that it was called the Great Wall of China. He just thought, man, that Chinese wall, I'm all about it. And that's why he called the album Chinese Wall. Maybe he's just a big fan of Asian masonry. I mean, there's that as well. Could be both. Write, a scene, write in write and tell us scene. what you think. Uh, Phil, if you're listening. Oh, sorry, Bailiwick, Bailiwick. if you're listening. Uh, either the Phil's, Phil Squared. <laughs> Phil Squared. Anyone, please, just talk to us. We're lonely. Uh, <laughs> so according to Phil Collins, uh, Philip Bailey approached him at the end of the sessions for um, the Chinese Wall album because Phil, uh, uh, Phil Collins produced that album and he played drums on it as well. The Colander. And they said that... Uh, Bailey said that they should write songs together so in uh, Phil did an interview called Phil Collins My Life in 15 Songs he said uh, so we just started having a jam one night and went around and round and t- turned it into a verse and chorus we recorded it that night so we wouldn't forget it and that song doesn't sound like any particular error he, he, he posits it's just gonna he says it's fantastic that it's kind of it doesn't sound, sound like it belongs to a certain period of time i think it sounds pretty iconic 80s yeah yeah like. yeah uh it does yeah um <laughs> i don't know if uh the colander was uh, on the money on that one but it is iconic i'll give him that it's a bloody good song and he was all over it too like playing the drums producing the album all that kind of stuff and i think Man, I'll fart on about it more in his individual episode at some point. But mm. I genuinely love Phil Collins' voice. Yeah, he, he's one of those kind of guys that's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's such a good singer. Like, when you really kind of delve into his stuff, you like, he does genuinely have a good voice. It's kind of like uh, the Robert Palmer episode that yeah, we did. Yeah. I'd never really given much thought to Robert Palmer as a singer. And then listening to that song over and over again. Go, wow. And, and then yeah, delving yeah. into his other stuff. It's like, damn, this I guy's mean, got some pipes. The, throwing back to the Dolly and Kenny episode we did, mm. um, their harmonies are fantastic. Philip Bailey Phil and, ba- and well, the Bailey Wick the and, and the, the, the Colander. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's it's a it's not a case of blood harmonies, and they're they're two very different voices. Different voices, yeah. And I mean, look, we should acknowledge at this point that Phil Bailey has pipes for days. Yeah, let's talk about that for a sec. Um, we were uh, doing some. Re- well, I say we. I mean, Gary was doing some <laughs> research for this episode. Um, uh, I've always been fascinated as to why singers who rely particularly on falsetto and the head voice and all that kind of stuff, why they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bee Gees come to mind, mm-hmm. uh, King Diamond. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And so I I basically typed into Google, why does uh, Philip Bailey... What, I Originally, I typed in, why does the Bailiwick yeah. uh, sing in falsetto? I didn't know what I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> 
I had to change the development. It brought up some weird results. <laughs> it uh, did. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I made sure my VPN was on for that one. <laughs> uh, I found this video of just Philip Bailey's uh, head voice. Oh, man. It's and, insane. And just some of the notes that he hits. And I'll maybe I'll drop in a little sample. Yeah. I'll drop in here. put a link to the video the video is pretty excellent it's just all thrown together and it, down the bottom of yeah. the video it has, has all the notes that he's hitting so for all those uh, singers out there all those musicians you can see yeah. that uh, the bailiwick is legit man he he nails it he puts so much into his performances as well but the, the thing that I love the most about this video <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of don't want to spoil it but I've got to talk about it at the end of the video <laughs> just a blank screen, screen and down the bottom it says by Nathan so it's actually by Nathan East the bass player <laughs> so Nathan if you're out there and you're the Nathan that made that video this one's for you mate yeah we, we, can't we dedicate this we'll pour one out for him he's, he's obviously had died you'll what? see you'll what? see it in one uh, video one part of the video I love it how he's hitting these notes mm. and for some reason there's a bird sitting next to him on the stage, mm. alas, just kind of and she's just sort of like literally physically moved away from him from the force of the Bailey oh, voice. Yeah, yeah. man, uh, I love that voice. Uh, but, but, apparently, that's why he was kind of brought into Earth, Wind, and Fire as well. I've actually got a quote here. I'm just gonna you're gonna hear my mouse clicking away. Uh, this is by Maurice White, the 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 band leader, the band leader. of Earth, Wind, and Fire, the, uh, the 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 cosmic guru himself. And uh, this is from an ex excerpt from his uh, memoir called uh, "My Life with Earth, Wind, and Fire." During the first rehearsal, I said to myself, "Man, can the kid can the kids sing high and hard?" He had the classic falsetto sound of great singers of his era, such as Eddie Kendricks and Damon Harris of The Temptations, Russell Tompkins Jr. of The Stylistics, and William Hart of The Delphonics. They all had sweet falsetto voices, but Philip Bailey's falsetto displayed a coarser edge, sweet and earthy. He could scream in falsetto, hit the high register of his voice, and still have control over it. Distinguished his voice in my eye. His falsetto voice installed in Earth, Wind, and Fire, a sound that was mainstay of soul music. Uh, having a falsetto voice in a band as opposed to a singing group brought a unique element to Earth, Wind, and Fire, and uh, his percussion chops only added to the pot. I never kind of thought about that, like it, the, the throwback to sort of old doo-wop and soul, yeah. you know. That's why I wanted to and include then bring, that. And bringing that into like that disco thing, that yeah. funk thing. It really... Was something different, it, right? It, it was, yeah, yeah. So look, I think, I think we've, uh, we've, we've, we've talked about the voices. I think, and how good they are. I think it's time to chart it up. Really? Do, do you want to... Let's, uh, let's chart it up. All right. Uh, chop me up, etc. No, no, no. We, we have to do it. Do it. Okay, okay. Um, do it. Uh, chop me up. If you chop me up, you said we have to do it, and then. Chop me. That's my. That's that's my Philip Bailey impersonation. 
I yeah, that's <clears throat> that's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Uh, look out for Jeremy's Philip Bailey single coming out on iTunes soon. Called Bailey Wick. It's called the Bailey Wick. I fucking smell good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, chart info. In Australia, Mm. guess where? Guess where? Guess Easy Lover charted. I know because I researched it, but I'm going to play along with your little game. All right. If you were guessing, say you hadn't read. This is a Stone Cold Banger. This is number one here. Number seventy-four in the weekly charts in Australia. Seventy-four. What the hell is wrong with this country? Well, do you want to know why? Yes. So the single did not receive a local release in Australia due due to a dispute between Bailey's record company, CBS, and Collins's record company, WEA. As a result, uh, it was only available through imports from New Zealand, which is the reason for its poor showing in the Australian charts. And in the New Zealand top 50 uh, charts, it reached number two. Wow. Damn suits couldn't get it together. That's right. But it, it did reach number one in a bunch of places. Uh, it reached number one in the weekly charts in Canada, Netherlands. Uh, well, in the Dutch top 40, it reached number one. It was number two in the single top 100 for the Netherlands. Ireland, Oricon Japanese international chart, UK Oof. singles chart, and uh, US Cashbox top 100. It's number two on the US Billboard top 100. Uh, Hot 100, sorry, and I Want to Know What Love Is by Far and I was number one. You can't be too upset about that, can you? <laughs> it's a good song. I'm disappointed, though. I'm disappointed it didn't go all the way. If, if you had to choose between I Want to Know What Love Is and Easy Lover. Easy Lover. Yeah. Easy Lover wins. All the way, time. right? Easy Lover wins. They just don't know what they're talking about. I, I know what love is. Mm-hmm. I want Easy Lover to show me. Right. Right. And you know what I mean? You know a good way of... Uh, <laughs> Here we go. ...showing uh, someone something is via a video. Yeah, that is correct. It is a very popular medium now. <laughs> so shall we... With that smooth segue, shall we talk about the easy love Can you video? please edit in here... <laughs> yes. Uh, ...some uh, applause, like a big crowd applause for that segue? Thank you. Thank you, everyone. There no, it is. Sit down, please. No. No, uh, no. Yeah. Look, no, this, you deserve it, mate. This standing ovation's been going on for at least 15 minutes. Let's, let's, uh, let's get on with the episode. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, this is... I think I've said this multiple times already. We've only done one season. Yes. This is a great example of, of an 80s, 80s video. video. Uh, look, I've got a textbook. Li- I've only got a little bit of background information textbook. on this one. But uh, I think I'll, I'll, I'll give you the background info I, and then we'll just oh, shoot then, the then, shit about then it. We'll, uh, then we'll riff on riffs. Yeah, we'll, if riff, you will. we'll riff on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually heard that this video mm. was the inspiration for the film Inception. <laughs> uh, let, let me just uh, give you the lowdown on the video, and then we'll shoot the shit. Uh, plus, I've got a pretty cracking joke about it as well. <laughs> uh, so it was directed... Get that applause sample ready again. <laughs> uh, so it was filmed in London, obviously, because you got that opening scene with Philip Bailey and the helicopter going over London. Yeah, that's right. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a minute, Gary. Yes. Maybe, maybe some of the listeners haven't had a chance to watch it yet. 
I mean, surely they've seen it by now, but look, I think should you might we, be right. Should we... Look, you can you, watch it and we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll, we'll wait. wait. Okay. Man, the the jokes have been coming thick and fast in this episode. Yeah. Like the... <laughs> Like, wait till the money shots, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, thick and fast. Yeah, speaking of coming thick and fast, we'll be doing <laughs> after the episode is what I was going to say. But, you know, the money shot joke works that, too. That, that yours was better. <laughs> you, <laughs> your money shots are always better. Well. They, they I got, feel that pineapple. They've got a thicker consistent. Oh, you're back. <laughs> you're back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? Now, I want to I wanna straight up. Yes. This is, this is what I'm talking about. You just don't get videos like this anymore. You just don't have pop stars and pop songs like this anymore. That's true. There's a helicopter. There's a fucking helicopter. In this video clip, right? I mean, that, that's part of the budget. I'm going to get to the budget shortly. Okay, that's yeah. part right. of my fucking epic joke. Okay, okay all right. Sweet. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll be quiet. <laughs> I, I, I like it when you chime in, Jeremy. Please don't stop. Uh, but James... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His name is James Yukich, I think. He was the director. Now, he's got a fucking huge uh, filmography. So, jumping back to Kenny Rogers. Ooh, throwback. Uh, he d- directed the video for Kenny Rogers and Sheena Easton, We Got Tonight. Uh, he did a shit ton of Iron Maiden's videos as oh, well. You'd be happy as a dog with two uh, Flight of the Icarus, Aces High, Two Minutes Midnight, Wasted Years. He he directed Live, Live After Death. Well, speaking of uh, oddly heaps, enough, heaps more, heaps more than that. Uh, speaking of great falsetto voices, mm. uh, there you go, Dicko, old old Bruce Dickinson, uh, Dicko. No, I don't. No, I don't see anything funny about that. Yeah. No. Uh, Dicko. Dicko. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got range. He's got range for days. Range for days. And I just don't know if we can cover him in this, this podcast. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. <laughs> we don't have days. We may get, we may get distracted. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, he also directed uh, David Bowie's Modern Love video, which I fucking love. I love the suit that Bowie yeah, wears yeah, in that yeah, video. Yeah. Uh, personal favorite of mine. He directed the video for the song Respect Yourself. As performed by Bruno, aka Bruce Willis, for his album The Return of Bruno. Uh, I am fascinated with Bruce Willis's albums. He released two albums in the 80s of him singing basically a bunch of covers. And I don't know why. um, (laughs) Bruce Willis, he's quite a good harmonica player. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is a um, video of him on, I think, the, the Tonight Show or SNL or something like that, where he's playing the harmonica and he's just fucking, he's rocking it, man. You know, he was an amazing... That's part of our segment, No Harm, No Foul, <laughs> uh, where we talk about the harmonica. <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of No Harm, No Foul, uh, mm. we'll, we'll get to him as well, but yeah. um, Huey Lewis... Hugh Lewis. Phenomenal harm. Oh, man, there's going to be a big No Harm, No Foul. I think, yeah, there's going to be a big No Harm, No Foul uh, episode. Episode, uh, yep. a, a segment on that. But anyway, we digress. Uh, just a few more things that he directed. Uh, oh, man, the list goes on. Pat Benatar, Ario Speedway, and Cheap, Cheap Trick, Genesis and Phil Collins, obviously. Uh, Wasp. 
Whoa. I can't remember what song it was, but uh, he did, did heaps more. His filmography on IMDb just fucking goes for ages. The video also won an MTV Video Music Award for Best Overall Performance in a Video in 1985. Now, what would you say the budget on this video is? Man, this the budget would have been I, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm just putting out that I don't have the actual figure. I'm just thinking that it's probably a high budget, but they saved money uh-huh. by not having a fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Oh, there, there it is. Uh, uh, I pr- probably uh, explain what that's about. The video... God. <laughs> the music video is... Oh, for fuck's sake. It plays like a making of documentary about the music video itself. It's like... So it's the... The making of... The, the video of is the making the, of... The, yeah. Yeah. The, I tried to find information about the making of the, that video... But that would have been the making of the making, making of, of the, the, the video. video. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's like Christopher Nolan would have just creamed his pants. My head hurts thinking about that. So let's talk about... Let's talk about the video. We, we watched it before we recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some special moments. Mm. Um, I'm going to say that uh, the colander... The colander, In yes. fine form. Looks like he's on day release. I, yeah, I kind of brought that up. <laughs> when we were watching the video, I paused it right before Phil Collins came in and I said, let's watch Phil Collins. And um, if you approached his performance as though you were watching someone, say, on day release, who maybe had some mental issues, uh, some mental health issues. Then He's a character. It He's really character. kind of fits his performance. And uh, look, go away and watch the video again. We'll, yeah. we'll wait. <laughs> again. And just go in with the, the mindset that Phil Collins is maybe a little bit, I don't know, touched. Is that the correct term? Invisible. Invisibly, <laughs> Invisibly touched. Invisibly in, touched. In the head yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit. It's a great... Yeah, there's... There's a lot going on. And it kind of looks like... Uh, the wardrobe? Yeah, he's wearing like this blue... Uh, Just his facial expressions color. and the way that he interacts with people. He he, he, he kind of looks like Phil Bailiwick. The Bailiwick mm. is like his minder. Yeah. That, I know. totally get that impression. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, it's a real... He's, he does seem like he's being humored yeah, by, yeah. by the Bailiwick. Um, is the old colander. But then, you know what, like, and you're watching it, you're seeing it's mm. kind of a bit weird, but I guess it's the 80s, it's kind of, he's acting zany or whatever. Sure. And it, actually, I forgot to say this before, Phil Collins, Yes. right, I always confuse, I think Phil Collins and Bob Hoskins. Same, same. Because, was it Phil Collins that was in Buster? Yes. And it, it wasn't Bob Hoskins, right? Because I always... Growing up, I remember seeing... I, I probably watched the movie, and I actually have the soundtrack for Buster on cassette. No, that, that is Phil Collins. It is Phil Collins. So he was in a movie called Buster. This is this was released before... Well, the song was released before Buster. Right. Man, I would love to watch that again. But that doesn't help with, uh, you know, uh, separating Bob Hoskins and Phil Collins. And I think it's like a Bob Hoskins-like character performance in the video, doesn't it? 
It doesn't a little help bit. to sort of alleviate the confusion. He, he, he kind of acts like a, a kid that's excited to be in front of the camera. Yeah. Like, like he's had a little bit too much red cordial and he's like, oh, the camera. <laughs> but it's sort of like they sort of kind of undo it from the, for themselves mm. at the very beginning. Because they're both sitting on director's chairs and their names <laughs> yep. pop up and they say that they're filming a filming of the video, right? Yeah. But the actual video, the, this is the video. There is no other video, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So because they come up and say that they're filming the filming of, yep. when you watch them sort of then... Like, you see him, like, in the makeup chair, like, with his lyrics practicing. Singing, it. yeah, yeah. And you kind of go, you already recorded the song, mate. You already know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas if they didn't say anything, I don't think it would have drawn as much attention to the fact that that stuff, like, is cheesy bullshit. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if anyone was actually watching that and going, man, I've, I keep seeing this um, video on TV, the making of... Well, when I've never seen, seen the, the actual video. video. <laughs> you know. Sparking confusion in people throughout Maybe the Maybe that's 80s. what they wanted. That's 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 the colander, man. It's the colander. Confusing vegetables left, right, and center. He he's, he sifts through <laughs> uh, I'm trying to make this metaphor work and it's falling apart in it's my hands as I as I like an through. overcooked potato yep. in the colander of life. Um, let's let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. That's as, <laughs> it's as good as I can come up with. Yeah, so, I mean, but kind of like you had a lot of that in the, in 80s videos. Mm. You know, because you know, we also saw in... Don't You Want Me. Um, Don't You Want Me. It was like a behind the scenes of a movie being shot. B- b- being shot. You, you're always sort of in... You're always aware that it's in, a, in the studio. Mm. Like, even like... Um, uh, this must be an angel. Uh, there must be an angel. There yeah. must be an angel. Like it's so obvious. I don't know if you see any sort of cameras or anything in that video, but it's so obviously in the studio. But yeah, it's definitely it's so obviously in the studio. I mean, same again with um, uh, Private Eyes. Yeah, totally. Which was recorded. That was done really cheaply. Like, they're so obviously in a big sound studio. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's something quintessentially 80s about that. Just just off the top of your head, where would Of a camera filming a camera. Man, it's just deep, man. Of all the music videos that we've covered on here, where where do you reckon this... Is it up the top for you? Is, is it down the bottom? Is this it is straight in the middle there? I mean, I think of videos we've done so far, mm. it's up there. It's up it's there. It's up there. I don't know. Have I said that for every video? I no, don't know. No, no. Some, some, some were kind of awesome. I think I think it was... Uh, uh, blah, blah. Well, I mean, Sledgehammer. It's up there with Sledgehammer. It's up there with Sledgehammer. Yeah. I mean... I think Sledgehammer is just kind of tops It's such it. a high bar, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's up there. It's up there in terms of quality. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So, uh, one thing that I really enjoy about that video too, is that, um, when they're filming or they're practicing the, the, the motions and stuff going through it, you can actually hear them singing over the top of the track. Yeah. Which is really nice. And so you just get a little bit of, uh, feel squared action (laughs) on top of the feel squared action. Feel squared makes them sound like a... A Christian, like, singing group, you know? 
Like DC talk. Phil Square. <laughs> Jesus is alright with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but, look, to segue here. Yes. Um, so the video is great. To segue here, though, you're sort of watching the video going, oh my God, that's just a... It's a little, little bit cringy in points, but it's an 80s video. A little bit. But then... They put on those slick suits at the end, though. But when it gets to that part... Maybe that part's supposed to be the video, but the actual video. Yeah, I'm that's... Just, that's I'm, that's the actual... That's what's supposed to be supposed the to actual, actual video. video. Yep. And w- once it starts getting into the end of the song, and you just go, but fuck me, these boys can sing. Man, they uh, nail it. So you want to do money shots? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. been storing it up. I'm so close. In your proverbials? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Look, I'll I'll let you uh, We were talking about this before. I I can't... I think think actually, if I may be so bold, Gary, that we uh, money shot simultaneously in that I think... uh, the, the 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 what is it the vinegar stroke the vinegar stroke the vinegar stroke what's that if <laughs> I just got that wrong I think no I no that's uh, that's a term I don't know that's what it means I, th- I think that's the one that that gets you gets you over ah uh, I see I think we have the same one yeah and I, I think th- it's this one is an amalgam in that it's just as you said mm. I'm sort of stealing it I was like, a little bit here but all those bits at the end of the song. Yeah, so in the in the in the final uh, chorus, like to, in the lead up to the end of the song, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have their little chime in sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're singing "Easy Lovish," get a hold on you, mm-hmm. believe it. But then Phil has like trying to make you see, trying to make you see. Yeah. like and they both have great ones, and I think it sort of starts for me from that. Um, accented she's an easy lover we'll put it in here so yeah. you know what we're talking about so the drums hit at the same time as yeah, the yeah. she like as the emphasized uh, it, it emphasizes the she's an easy, easy lover and then yeah. they just start going for it man I, I would I'm slipping over here I, th- I think we've done we might have done this before but I'd go so far as to say this whole song is a money shot yeah 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 totally there's not a bad moment there's not a moment where I go I'm bored with it or oh, they could have cut that nah it is uh, it's just kind of one of those things where it just everything came together and it was kind of perfect well they even sort of talk about they sort of put it down and then went back to listen to it to sort of, oh, we'll re-record it, but it was there. Like, they yeah. didn't need to sort of do anything to it, you know? Um, and, I mean, I think that's interesting unto itself from a songwriting perspective. Mm. I'd love to know. Like, I mean, I think maybe big bands, you know, I'm sure, like, legacy acts like maybe U2 or Metallica or Iron Maid, like, all those big bands that are still around, you know, have the luxury of just booking a studio and hanging out there until something happens you know what i mean yeah and you're really constructing it you know on on the spot i think that's really and collaborate i think that's really fascinating you know whereas i don't know uh how much that happens i suppose it does in home studios and stuff like that i guess i guess it would happen but just at that level, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm sort of trying to say with that point. But, yeah, I think it's just 
I, I love reading that shit where it's yeah, just like, same. yeah, we threw it down in a night, listened to it, and it was fucking great. Just like the know? islands in the stream where yeah. they're, they're like, oh, this needs something. And then Dolly Parton just happened to be in the building and then it all came together. And I mean, look, we've seen that across the first series, right? Totally. So often with these classic songs that... Uh, and that's what I love about music, just that lightning in a bottle, you know? Yeah. It's great. It's magical. It's, wow. a, it's, it's a magical money shot. Man, I can think of no other way to draw to close our episode about easy lover i think that was a weary travelers really weary travelers thank you we thank you thank you um thanks for listening i've been jeremy i've been gary uh feel free to write in with your feedback about uh, these episodes if if you're enjoying it so far let us know if you hate it let us know as well if you've got any tasty tidbits that we've uh, missed out on let us know that's right and we'll see you on the Trodden path (laughs) sometime soon. God bless. Amen. Amen.